Hello, everyone. Thank you for taking time from your busy schedules to listen to Life versus Work here on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Life versus Work tries to find the delicate balance between the responsibilities of work and maintaining a happy, healthy rest of your life. Today, Mary Beth Wisniewski, mental health and wellness counselor at Cardinal Stritch University, is visiting us in the studio to give us the best information possible regarding the idea of emotional stability, particularly as it relates to the workplace. Thanks for coming in today, Mary Beth. My pleasure, Tim. Great having you here. And just to give people an idea, you know, I kind of have an idea of what your background is and your experience, but to help people listening out there get a feel for you, just briefly run through kind of your position at Cardinal Stritch and your experience in the kind of the mental health uh, area. All right. Sounds great. I'm currently a mental health and wellness counselor at Stritch. Uh, prior to that, did career counseling for several years there as well. So worked with people who are working and in, going into transition or are starting their corporate or, you know, post-college life. Prior to that, I worked for seven years at Rogers Memorial Hospital, both in the behavioral health side of things and also for the Center for Organizational Advancement, which is staff development and team building workshops for corporate groups, school groups, community groups. So a lot of my information comes from that group, you know, sure. team building work. Right, right, definitely. With Stritch, you have held kind of different positions here and there um, as far as the, the mental health side and wellness. Right. Uh, I mean, what what exactly are you doing there in terms of with students or with even with people who maybe come back that were students? Good question. For mental health, we're primarily focused on students, whereas career counseling, one of the great things with Stritch is we take, uh, if you're an alum, you can come for your entire life. Um, so that's a, that's a great benefit. Now I'm working primarily with students and it's individual counseling, whereas like I said, prior to this, I was much more focused on groups. So it's been kind of fascinating to the individual. What they both have in uh, common is a focus on personal growth. Actually, pretty much all of my career probably has had that focus on assisting other people towards personal growth, whether it's moving through mental health issues or working through life stressors and career-related issues. Sure, definitely. And obviously, a lot of the stuff we talk about here ends up being employment-related, and that's our focus. But the reason we had this idea for a show, Life Versus Work, is obviously life follows you around, whether you're at work or play or, you know, wherever you are. So with that in mind, starting off on that side of things, things at home maybe or from your personal life that end up being brought to work, so to speak, what kind of those life situations do impact people at work? Well, as you said, you bring life into work. So actually, I think everything you are, who you are, all of it comes with you. Uh, Hopefully not as baggage, but just as part of the experience, the expertise and the strengths you bring to work. Uh, That said, the toughest times, I think, are the things that come to work that maybe uh, have a little more emotional impact are are times of transition. You know, hence why do we work with college students or work uh, places of work put so much emphasis on transitioning new people in with mm-hmm. training. And actually, companies spend a lot of time at that initial phase. You know, we have lots of procedures for someone who walks into the world of work. But other transition times, we don't pay as much attention to necessarily. And yet critical. You know, you have a new baby and you're doing that work-life balance. You're transitioning from one career to another, from one place in the organization to another. Any time of transition, okay. and you'll see that in experiential team building. Times of transition are those more fragile times where maybe more support's needed. One of the questions I had down earlier as far as what emotions are most prevalent at work, I'm sure it can kind of run the gamut, but are there specific emotions that maybe you would you could touch on that just seem to come about more so at work, are more prevalent as far as frequency or um, even the 
the intensity to which an emotion may come out, whether it be positive or negative, really? Great question. And I think it's really going to depend on the workplace, the person. So I have to leave that one rather wide open because some workplaces will welcome a wider array of emotion. Um, some may, and some people may choose to repress more emotion. So it really is going to depend. I think, again, you bring your whole life experience and feelings, whether you let them out or, you know, kind of repress them is dependent on the individual. Sure. Well, one of those emotions that a lot of people bring up or you read about, obviously, would be the idea of anxiety or stress. Generally, that's seen as a negative or something that's harmful. But in what cases do you see or have you recognized that it can be beneficial in in terms of motivation or work or or however they might handle it? I absolutely love that question, actually. (laughs) I do, because the thing is, if you think of life situations as like comfort zone, challenge zone, panic zone, all right? If you're in your comfort zone, it's a great place. Picture your favorite place in your house at the end of a day. You know, picture the chair or the couch, picture the lamp, the TV, you know, the remote right there, whatever it is for you. That's your comfort zone. A great place, a worthwhile place. But if you live there, you know, you know when you've stayed there too long, you get really dull. Stepping out into your comfort, out of your comfort zone into that challenge zone, you may start feeling things like anxiety and stress. But where change and knowledge and personal growth happens is in that place. Okay. Absolutely. And then you mentioned then a third part, though, panic, I guess. What's the balance as far as avoiding that maybe or, or not stepping into that boundary? Right. And when you get to that panic zone, if you think about it, when I look at that, when you put yourself in a place of discovery or change or whatever stress it might be. If you're feeling like that person that has been thrown into the water who doesn't know how to swim and you're feeling that or saying things to yourself, help, I can't do this, and all you're feeling really is that lack of control, I would say that's panic zone. And it's hard to learn when you're getting those really frightened messages. You need to step back. Mm -hmm. You need to look for support. And sometimes physically taking a small step back when you're feeling like that can actually give you the emotional space to decide what you're going to do. You know, it's interesting you brought up the idea of um, a lack of control because a lot of things I've researched about is that's where a lot of the stress comes in, anxiety, where you just don't have control over your situation or or in some cases it's too much control where you have control over people or, or other people. In terms of that or, or any other, I guess, emotion in that realm, what kind of effects does that have on an individual when they're getting maybe to that panic stage? Um, maybe it's in performance. Maybe it's in attitude. Uh, and again, we're thinking more in the workplace um, because you're dealing with people. You're dealing with different directives. You're dealing with different projects you're working on. What kind of impact, especially negatively, would that panic mode kind of bring about? Well, exactly. Actually, now that you bring that up, what what makes me think of is that's often a time, or can be, in my experience, I'm not speaking across, you know, through research, but in my experience, that may be a time you step out into a negative coping skill. One that doesn't build you, but might get you through it. Okay. You know, so from a mental health side, that is something I would watch for. If you're getting into that panic zone, you're going to grab control, perhaps, in a way, in any way you can. Um, Again, that person drowning, you know. So if you can step it back and find a way to grab control in a healthy way by doing things in advance, and we can talk about that. What can you put in place so you don't get there? Right. Those are some things to watch out for, though. Now, is it a case where, you know, and it probably is more prevalent in a small business or a closer maybe department in a, in a larger company where one person's emotions, um, you know, stresses 
can that really be an impact across the board as far as, you know, the idea of one bad apple spoiling the bunch? Not that they're doing it on purpose, but the idea that this negative emotion or frustration is coming out affecting other people in the area? I think so many of us have worked with somebody where you feel like that's, you know, this one person is causing a lot of the emotional toxicity, you know, or, or passion, certainly that can totally have an impact on the, you know, because emotion is energy. If we're putting negative energy or strong energy into a place, people are going to feel it. Um, I think it's important to recognize that all that energy might not be coming from that person. Sometimes they're almost the scapegoat or the person that is kind of the red flag, the warning flag saying something's not, you know, something's not working here. Right. So it's not so much to um, look at them and say all the issue is with you, but it is a warning, a flag to say there's something going on here because we are all going to feel this. Sure. And you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, um, just as far as if you're an individual who, you know, maybe is struggling in some area, um, what, how can you start to recognize those emotions as far as getting to you where you're, I don't want to say losing control, but, you know, things just aren't going how you had planned, you had the ideas. What, what kind of signs internally, externally could someone look out for? And that's a great question because some people are very in touch with emotion and some really have a hard time identifying <laughs> them. And then sometimes there's an emotion that's an overriding emotion, but the, sec the one underneath is more important. So one, if you're really not in emotional, um, if you don't have that knowledge for yourself, sometimes just paying attention to your stomach. How does it feel? Or do you feel tension in your shoulders? Or, you know, are you coming home every day with a headache? You know, watching for physical signs of emotion okay. can be a piece. Um, in addition, taking some deep breaths and giving your space to f don't name it, just feel it. A lot of times that will give you the space to feel it, then name it, then decide what to do. So if there is somebody who maybe a coworker recognizes those kind of things or even a manager, supervisor type position, is there a point in time where they, in, in your opinion, your experience, obviously everyone is going to have their own ideas, but from what you've experienced, is there a time where they should step in? Do they wait for that individual to come to them? I, I mean, what's kind of the, the balance, the dance there? Do you have an example? I mean, it would depend. Is it a personal issue? Why are we feeling, you know, what, sure. what's the stress from? Yeah, I mean, I would say, let's say the individual is just every day at work, um, you know, they are stressing out. It, let's just keep it at work. The emotions are from work. They're okay. they're getting frustrated with, with maybe a, a coworker. They're not re meeting their deadlines, so they're feeling all this pressure. Uh, and it's just kind of taking it out, like, you know, snapping on an employee or a coworker. Uh, or maybe just just not interacting the way they used to. Mm -hmm. um, I guess what what would be the step as far as if you're a manager or coworker approaching them? Uh, I mean, it, it seems obviously like a delicate kind of sensitive right. issue that you would you would need individualized attention to. But how I guess any general kind of guidelines to look at if someone's as you said has changed, you know, especially they've changed in how they're dealing with the world um, and they're feeling more stress, and you can tell. I think, again, personally, a couple of things you can do are, one, give them some space mm -hmm. to speak. I think, as you mentioned, should you be a little cautious? Yes. We don't know people's life experience, how they're going to react. Would it be better to ignore for this person because it'll just make them feel defensive? But that said, if you feel like you're someone, you're the right person to approach them, maybe you do approach. I think it's a powerful thing to put someone's strengths in the room and let them not focus on the negatives, but give them some space to be heard and maybe remark here and there, you know, about what you see as powerful pieces of what they bring to the table sure. and let the strength speak. 
And again, feeding kind of off of your experience and what you, um, you know, just different things you've been involved in and people you've seen, spoken to, in terms of, again, like a manager or supervisor position, you know, they're obviously going to be concerned about that individual, but also the group. What kind of responsibility do you feel they have as far as addressing it, dealing with it, giving them space if necessary? Because again, it can be a touchy situation, and I'm not even talking legally, but just what kind of responsibilities right. do you feel you know a supervisor type position would have there? You know, coming from a team building background, <laughs> I think there is a responsibility in advance sure. to have built a team. You know, uh, to have communication systems in place, both informal and formal, so that when you get to this place you have some systems in place to deal with it. One, you have a group that actually sees itself not just as a group, but a community. That's a powerful thing to help somebody through a tough time. You look at people who are feeling stressed, they, you can tend to remove yourself from life and, and be more alone. Having a place where you feel community and supported will actually de-stress some of these moments. So in advance doing the team building second having those communication pieces and third when it's getting to a place where it's impacting other employees particularly mm -hmm. and maybe even before that address it don't duck the issue if you're a manager at least reflect on it and address in some way pull this person in i see this is impacting your work you know what can we do what's happening here good that's great um, even with that obviously as an individual you're you may start to feel these things. You may start to wonder what's going on yourself without, maybe you don't have that knowledge base. You don't have that, um, just that personal idea of yourself. But what, what would be some of the steps if somebody did start to feel like a loss of control um, or stronger emotions that they hadn't felt before? And I kind of put down some ideas there for you. If you want to touch on those or if you have your own ideas, um, things like triggers that may be bring about something or a deeper issue that you mentioned before, maybe that needs to be worked on before you deal with on the surface stuff. Um, I guess just kind of your thoughts on being able to find control, gain control, or just get help in that situation. All right. Some things that came to mind for me are, are the breathing, first of all. When you're feeling one of the stronger emotions, in particular what people might call the you know negative emotions like anger mm -hmm. or severe stress, truly go home and practice it. Take three breaths, well, and actually you might take nine, because this could be a three by three. <laughs> take three just to recognize where you are and be present. Bringing yourself to the present is really a powerful thing versus thinking with anxiety about the future or reflecting on the negative interactions in the past or something like that. So really just bringing yourself to the present, then name it. What are you feeling? Try to see what you can discover, you know, name it, reflect a little bit, what's this about? and then move forward with how do I want to move forward? You know, so if I'm feeling angry, what is it about? And therefore, what do I want to do versus just reacting? With triggers, staying in the moment is good. With really deeper issues, you might go to your employee assistance program, your manager, to a counselor to really work through some things. And I'm glad you touched on that because that's important to know that there are different resources, avenues for people to reach out. I mean, any, you kind of touched on them a little bit there. Um, any specifically kind of areas that you would point somebody to if they were struggling with anxiety, stress, uh, frustration, um, you know, just, just kind of to point them in the right direction. If they are feeling this and they can't 
you know, handled on their own. Right, can't handle it, or you don't want it to be part of the office conversation. Sure. Employee assistance programs are great for that, for an opportunity to get it resolved, work through some issues, work through some patterns perhaps in life that uh, haven't been particularly useful to you. Great reason to go to counseling. You know, if you're seeing a re- repetitive pattern in your life that's not useful and you're wondering what's this coming up for, take a moment of discovery for yourself. If you're feeling overwhelmed, those programs and a counselor can help you work through those moments, not on the work floor, not with other employees around, you know, discussing it as an issue of the day, but privately for yourself. With this being in the workplace, kind of the idea of, um, you know, emotions boiling over, so to speak, I kind of put down a different situation where it's not ideas, you know, it's not feelings from home. It's not just the the stresses of work. um, But what happens if there is some sort of emotional outburst and maybe it was a random thing, but maybe it's been brewing when it's because, one employee just doesn't get along with another or is frustrated with them. How How is that different and how can that be handled differently than just a typical, I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling, anxi- feeling anxious? Because, I mean, now there almost seems to be a, an actual conflict, an actual problem between two individuals. Identify what you're feeling, but then you really have to uncover what it's about. And mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll find out when you get to strong emotion for a person against perhaps person and it's feeling very personal it actually might be a personality conflict okay. meaning that if you study like Myers-Briggs or you actually do some um, well Myers-Briggs being just one example looking toward innate personality characteristics it might be that that's what's up against somebody you know for example someone that's in the Myers-Briggs personality inventory there's extroverted and introverted There are some people that get their energy from other people and love facts and details and which is extroverted and sensing, but love facts, details, and engaging with other people. Introverts, as we know, are more, are quiet or more, can be quite outspoken, but more reflective (laughs) in personality. So uh, an, an introvert can feel bombarded by all this information coming at them, you know, and actually feel kind of attacked by this information. You can see how this could look like personality conflict. The extrovert could feel like the introvert's really withholding of information, Mm -hmm. you know, and so a mistrust develops. And actually all this anger could be about really just how how they take in information and take the time to gain or how they gain their energy from the world. So kind of fascinating. If you get to that piece, Mm -hmm. you can say what, what could help. You know, having an agenda, sending out emails to the introvert so that they could take the time to reflect on the answer. You know, that's an interesting point because when I actually did go through Stritch and um, trying to get into the teaching avenue, so many of the things we did were about understanding yourself, reflecting, um, you know, personalities, discovering just who you are, what what makes you tick. And I wonder just, this kind of popped in my head as far as employers go and your opinion on it. Should that be more of part of how they're evaluating people when they bring them in? Is, I, I know they try to see, okay, does this person seem like a fit? But, I mean, actually breaking it down and, and determining how they do fit in or if they don't to, to help avoid some of these just personality conflicts. Great question. And actually, at, in career services at Cardinal Stritch, we did that. Right. I mean, my, my manager, director, Tom Kipp, was <laughs> great at marketing, okay. loved it. We had another person that was really fine at uh, event planning. Neither of those were me. Um, (laughs) Though I can do both. Uh, Tom really encouraged you to find the gifts that you have and use them. I would do one event a year, so or so uh, every so often anyways, because you should step out of your comfort zone, but you don't have to live outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so if you can really access within someone's personality their core strengths, it's a powerhouse moment for the team. 
You know, if you're out, if you're constantly asking somebody to step out of what's their strength, you're asking them to live in their place that is you know, weaker. Um, that is not necessarily great for the team. Right. And even with that, even if we did go through all the personality type things and it seemed like everyone's a good fit, you know, stuff does happen at work, obviously. So what about this kind of emotional, delicate balance, so to speak, in the workplace? What kind of obstacles are there specifically at work that maybe you wouldn't find at home, whether it be in terms of people or opportunity or um, even time frame because you're you're at work a certain time of the day oftentimes? Uh, what, what obstacles are there specifically to the workplace that would be a challenge in, in controlling emotions or handling them or really understanding what's going on? Uh, well, certainly, you know, at home you've chosen who surrounds you in your life. At work, there's a wide array of people, experience, there's a wide array of dreams, hopes, goals. Differing departments have different goals. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a a very difficult thing for me once when somebody else was in control of quality and we needed to get the work out the door. We both have the business interests at heart, and yet we're at opposing somewhat our goals are quite differing. So it can be, all of those things can really make a difference and kind of ramp the emotion up. And people's livelihoods are at stake. So you can feel pretty defensive about it, you know, or if not defensive, you know, it it means a lot to you. You know, at work and you talk about those kind of things, any suggestions, and you kind of talked a little bit about these um, just in our conversation, but when you're at work specifically, suggestions that you could give on a daily basis or weekly or monthly or however you would break it down to, I mean, before you even get to that point of any frustration, anxiety, um, just to kind of be comfortable with who you are and be comfortable with how you're feeling. Um, any tips that people could you know, take from you ahead of time before they get to any point of, of panic? Sure. One, I think, remember at work, that there's task and relationship. And if you are a person listening to this show who's actually going to be going out into the workforce when you're creating a resume, think about that as well. That it's not just the tasks that you list, it's how you are as a person Mm -hmm. and what you bring to the team. Work on relationships in advance of anything happening. When you find a moment where two people are having difficulty within the day or the week, um, focusing on tasks can be a really great help. Instead of focusing on the the people at that moment, and I can talk a lot about relationships, but that's a great time to focus on the task. Mm -hmm. Put a flow chart out of which duty and responsibility is each person's, and you can see along the flow chart, okay, where's the issue happening? What do we each commit to? And that can be just a way to put it on paper, take it away from, you know, individuality, from, from personality, and look at the situation kind of removed from the emotion. Otherwise, as far as a daily thing, I think it's a great gift to yourself and the organization to move toward what gives you positive energy every day of your life. It is not a small thing to choose your job because of personality, environment, fit. Mm-hmm. Make sure you found the right place and, and to the wherever you happen to be at this moment, find those pieces of the day that really do give you energy because those will help you through the times that may be more stressful. Sure. I also recently, there was an article that talked about, it talked with some of the nation's top employers as far as maybe what they do to help employees be happy and productive and just the little things that maybe they can do. And some of them talked about, for instance, they don't want anyone working past six o'clock. You know, and obviously in some places it doesn't work, but that was kind of their idea. In other places, you see an employer say, well, there's no real true work-life balance because if you want to be great at work, you have to sacrifice something at home and, or vice versa. I hope you're not working there. 
<laughs> uh, and that's what I was going to get to as far as your experience you know, and talking with people and working with so many people that you have. The idea of work-life balance, in your mind, from your experience, how important is it and, and it, can it truly exist? It can totally, truly exist, but of course, so much depends. Right. I, it depends on what you've chosen from, from personal experience, my career from one of my early jobs as a management in management training and then a manager, you could go as high up in the company as your hopes and goal and effort got you, very high. But it was full-time or no time, no, no part-time hours, and full-time was definitely more than 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. So you have to know what you're getting in for. That's that person environment fit. Did you know in advance? Right. Do some homework, you know? That said, I think there is work-life balance, and I would actually suggest to the, the listeners to really reflect on what your role is in creating work-life balance. How many times do people go home and check their emails? You know, text somebody again at work, do, do work at home, where really stay longer because other people have started staying longer and now you have this cycle. I realize it's, you know, a, an economy that is stressful to people and you want to give your all and that's a wonderful thing. But I think we do have a responsibility to at least reflect and say, can we stand up for the, for work, you know, the people working here to say, let's, I'm going to be a person that puts as much balance here as possible. I'm going to take my lunch, you know? Right, right. And I guess the, the kind of the last thing you touched on and just made me think of it, as far as at work, there's not competition necessarily amongst each other, but as you said, more people are staying later. So you kind of feel like, oh, I need to now. Or, right. um, you know, there's something that's said that kind of makes it sound like you should be staying, you should be doing more work, you should take work home. How do you approach that as far as, I mean, is that something you should address and get it out in the open and say, look, this is this is what I came to do. This is what, you know, you asked of me. And Or do you try to, you know, maybe appease some of the employer employees a little bit if, if you feel that's going to be best for the team. And again, I know this is that's very specific and it, it could matter on the company, but just kind of maybe general words of advice in that situation. That is such a tough one. And it, because, well, because it does so depend. What, you know, it depends on the manager. If you have a Steve Jobs, I think you're going to work as many hours <laughs> as he asks you to work and you'll probably almost always love doing it. Um, so it's knowing your manager. It's, um, it's knowing the company culture, uh, but it is a reflection on, well, let, let's at least hope that you've chosen a place that values employee communication. Mm -hmm. You know, then you can at least take that moment to reflect. And if you're a manager, to have a team building moment, you know, call together a meeting and say, these are the things we need to get done. How best can we do this and still honor everybody's work-life balance? Sure. You know, even with emotional issues, if you put it to the two people having the issue, how can we resolve this? The answers can come from the group, and that's a really powerful thing because then the commitments we step up for, we have, we've, we've owned and accepted you know, and taken on for ourselves, and that control can give you balance. Well, thank you very much. We are pretty much out of time here on this subject. I think we covered a lot, and obviously you gave us plenty of, of good insight. We do encourage you to listen again here on Life vs. Work. Our expert once again was Mary Beth Wisniewski, mental health and wellness counselor at Cardinal Stritch University. Thank you again for all your insight today. Thank you for your time. Now feel free to send us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com with any comments or suggestions that you might have for the show. So for everyone here at localjobnetwork.com radio, I'm Tim Muma. Take care. <laughs>